Hi, and welcome to the Bocha Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. Thank you so much for joining us. The Bocha Podcast lives at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. And that's where we digest, Charlene, you and I, pop culture, news, shit that's happening online, all of the things, and life from the Bocha perspective. And what is a Bocha perspective? What's a Bocha? Yes, bocha has been used as a derogatory term to talk about someone who has lost their Latinx way along the world. We are reclaiming that um, as something positive because we're here for a reason. Our uh, pochas are people who have felt either too brown or too white or both at the same time because the world just doesn't know what to do with us, Kat. Sometimes we don't know what to do with us, <laughs> but that's true. why we started this podcast. And this week, um, this is the September Labor Day bonus content for the Bocha podcast. And the Bocha podcast is being featured, thank you very much, by Podbean. So we might have some uh, listeners who are brand new to us. Yay. And what that means uh, for this being a bonus content is we normally have our episodios on the 15th of the, of the month. And then we have bonus content like Extra Love Just For You on the 30th. And because... Two things. One, this is Labor Day and it's a holiday weekend. We wanted to um, just bring a little extra joy to a long weekend for you. Although since COVID, it's been one hugely long weekend. <laughs> but we also wanted to welcome some first-time listeners who may have uh, seen the fact that we are being featured on Podbean. So welcome. And Yes. Hello, new listeners. Thank you, Podbean. <laughs> Thank you very much, Podbean. Um, so... Let's go ahead and get started. Charlene, what is our bonus content for today? Yeah, this is like the Pocha Especial, Labor Day edition. Um, and Labor Day, what the hell is Labor Day? Is it like the having birth Labor Day? That's a whole different oh. thing that nobody wants to talk. Well, people want to talk about it because it's like a traumatic experience that if you survived it, you want to tell everyone. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's Every family gathering Yes. It's so much. But no, we're not talking about that kind of labor. Uh, we're talking about Labor Day, the holiday. And it actually became a federal holiday in 1894. Woo! It's yeah. old. It's very old. Under President Cleveland. Um, and the labor movement really inspired this. They wanted to celebrate the average American worker. You know, folks that were just... And back in the day, I mean, things were hard. Like, child labor laws weren't a thing. There weren't unions. Like, people were dying literally at their jobs because they didn't have a lot of protections and let's take a moment to acknowledge that like there were enslaved people who were doing this that got zero acknowledgement at all in in terms of labor and once once the colonizers figured out oh shit working's hard fuck maybe mm -hmm. we should have a day off exactly yeah Ooh. there was no like slave labor day that didn't happen no that's just shitty uh yeah so really just celebrating the american worker typically we have it on the first Monday in September, and it's just really to celebrate the achievements of what has built this great country. Cue the cheesy American music. All that. So what have you, other than, um, this is like one of the number one days to grill, Yes. but is that something that you've even celebrated? Like, what have you done, or, or is it even something that's cognizant for you? I mean, it's a, I'm, I'm fortunate to have had several jobs in adulthood where Labor Day was a day off for me mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and many of my family members. So 
there was just another day to barbecue, another day to grill, another day to, to get together, play washouts, play horseshoes, do all the things. Um, but no, never have I really ever thought about this is the day where we celebrate just working hard because uh, if you're driving around the first Monday in September in the borderland, Farm workers are still busting their asses. Uh, construction workers still out in the heat, and it's still hot as hell in Truth. New Mexico, El Paso in September. 100, 100 degree weather. So it's a little ironic that we have Labor Day and real laborers are still uh, working. And you mentioned something that's super important, at least in this, this area, this side of town, or, well, this side of the country, um, is that you can still roll through our agri and we're mainly agriculture around here that's mm -hmm. our what's one of our biggest industries and you can still roll by the fields and see people out there working and that's so it's it's been cognizant but it hasn't been or I should say I've been aware but I haven't been aware like I I even took it for granted we sure. got a three-day weekend mm -hmm. but there's a ton of people who don't mm -hmm. and they're doing some hard ass work people who work in the hotel industry because mm -hmm. a lot of people maybe not now but in before pre-covid would would go out of town heck of a lot of driving for a three-day weekend just to get out of whatever it was that they were doing sure so there still are a ton of people who are working and just busting ass during this time frame and you're right yeah people at gas stations where people are traveling there's just a, a ton of folks who now were like essential workers which we can talk all day about what that means but essential workers yeah they're out there they're still working people still um have to keep the country running right and and one of the things that <clears throat> tying this to um not just living in the borderlands but um, within the Latinx community, the first like labor movement that you think of or that you tie it with is United Farm Workers, the UFW. Mm -hmm. And you know, for the, for folks who are familiar with that, you know, like Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta, who was born in New Mexico, even though she was raised in California, and the work that they did, mm -hmm. because it's predominantly uh, brown immigrants who are doing it. Mm -hmm. um, when Cesar Chavez started it, yes, there was a lot of Filipino workers who were. Um, who were out in, you know, picking oranges, picking grapes, um, out in the fields. But predominantly, when you look at the people who are in the agriculture business and they are harvesting the food that we are just so, you know, we take for granted when we go to the grocery store, mm -hmm. they are a lot of immigrants who do it still to this day. Like there's, there's still a program for, um, for workers who come over to the U.S. to do the agricultural picking. And it's not just out in fields. It's also... Um, in places where they have like uh, where they process our meat cattle sure. pork all of the things yeah it's funny that you mentioned um, how once a particular group of individuals started having to work that's when we decided to celebrate how hard it was uh, I I think it's it's still the same thing undocumented workers are not the American worker but they are the people that keep food on our table they are the people working long long hours they in extreme temperatures in super close proximity to one another, which before, okay, whatever, who cares? But COVID, now it's like, oh, maybe that's a thing. Well, of course it's a thing. It's been a thing. Um, they're paid very little, no benefits, and they are the most likely to suffer from wage violations and even wage theft, which if you're undocumented and don't speak English very well and work for a few days and go for your paycheck 
and the jefe is like, yeah, sorry, no, I can't pay you. What is your recourse? Right. So it's, uh, it's very interesting. Or they nickel and dime, like, oh, well, we have to charge you this because we have to have bathrooms out in the field, which, duh, you would think that that would just be a thing. So, yeah, you're so right about the advantage that, uh, that people take of these, of these humans who are doing this work for us that we have now deemed essential. Um, and interestingly, as of late, so this time of year, September, August, September, is when they do all the harvesting for one of the biggest agricultural crops in New Mexico, which is uh, New Mexico green chili. And yes, if you're from Colorado <laughs> or from California, your, ch- your green chili does not stack up. Don't um, bring me a poblano and tell me it's a chilerreno. <laughs> do not do that. We have had, as of late, a labor shortage. And so they were actually, mm. farmers were actually like concerned that our biggest export, well, second biggest export, pecans really are the biggest export, um, we're, we wouldn't be able to harvest it this year. Mm-hmm. Which, all of that thinking brought me to, do you remember that movie, A Day Without a Mexican? Yes. Yeah, so that movie inspired a Mexican labor strike in 2017. Um, And, well, this film, for those who haven't watched it, it, it's a satirical movie that basically shows what would happen if all the Mexicans just disappeared. What would you not have? Like, what do they bring to your daily life, regardless of who you are, regardless of what economic class you live in, what is brought to you by having Mexican labor, basically. Um, So anyways, there was a protest, a boycott, which all started because of the talks of the border wall, talks of the Trump Mm -hmm. wall. Um, Shop restaurants in big cities, even Albuquerque closed their doors in solidarity with their workers. Like it was a huge thing. And uh, it thinking that that happened in 2017 and thinking about where we're at right now, it's like, oh man, I don't know how much progress has been made in that arena you there hasn't been progress in that arena but having so um yeah having been an immigrant family member like i'm a child of an immigrant i can still see how important it is even during the time of covid how important it is to still come here even during the times Mm -hmm. of of a threatened wall um and tighter immigration laws and you know, all sorts of just federally mandated and culturally or socially views of, social views of immigrants. Like, I can still see the work ethic and wanting to still come over here, over to the U.S. for a better, for a better life for their family. Mm -hmm. Like, even with all of that shit piled on them. Absolutely. Even with a target painted on your back. Like you can't even fucking go to a Walmart in El Paso without a l- looking over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You still want to do right by your family and you still want to be able to come over to the U.S. to be able to offer something more to your family, not necessarily just in Mexico, but other Latin American countries. And just the drive to do that is something that we really should celebrate. Like mm-hmm. how many people are like clamoring at the doors to be like, I'm going to pick onions for people. Right. There's no, there's no one. No. My kids wouldn't do it a hundred percent. My kids only want to do the dishes <laughs> in the air conditioned <laughs> ass house. You think they're going to go pick cebollas <laughs> for 20 minutes? Hell no. Hell no. My hand hurts. You barely got out of the car. It's not going to happen. I'm hot. No. Yeah. Oh, no. I know. 
All that to say, this Labor Day, we are cognizant and celebrating our undocumented and immigrant familia who's out there in the field trying to create a better life for themselves, for their familia, sending money back home, whatever they're doing to try to better themselves. Um, folks working in the gas stations, cleaning hotels, doing whatever Food you're doing. Hotels. We see you um, and we hope you get some rest. I know. Just a little bit of rest, a little bit of peace of mind for a day. Um, one of the things when I was doing a little bit of background for research for the show today, if you go to Unite Here, which is the one of the um, unions for the textile industry, food service, mm. hotel workers, they actually have a list of for the hotels, hotels that you should be boycotting because the the work they don't have a good con- a union contract for their workers. Really? Yes. So there's only one hotel here in New Mexico, which is the Marriott in Albuquerque. Mm, and don't go there. There was none. Uh, there were none in. Um, El Paso hmm. so very proud of El Paso not the rest of Texas has some yes but not El Paso well we claim El Paso it's fine. <laughs> I always said El Paso can just come to New Mexico and then the rest of Texas can just they can take Hobbs yeah the, uh, exactly <laughs> it's a good even swap I think so it's fine so uh, unions is one of the biggest reasons that we have Labor Day right and why we have labor freaking laws period mm-hmm. You were a member of a union. Do you did you feel like that helped you with like insurance or anything? I benefits? was never a member of a union. Oh shit! I thought you were being no, a teacher. No, I never did, and that's super complicated and crazy. And I did. I had to have the. My mom was an educator for many years too, and I had to have this conversation with her about: Do I? Is this something I need to do? And in her own experience, and and I saw it too. Um, that was not something that I felt like as a teacher was an as a special ed bilingual teacher that I felt was going to protect me beyond my own capacities and connections and whatever. So there's a lot of lawyers in the family is what I'm going to say. <laughs> and uh, it just didn't feel like um, something I needed to do. But I recognize that I, I mean, there the NEA here has... A ton of members like it's a thing and I you know people have to make their own decisions but I know you have a ton of like union family stuff yeah so in my house my father was a teacher and he was a member we ha- as a matter of fact we had a sticker on our one of our windows um, growing up that said NEA on it mm-hmm. and so the union from my point of view and my his brother my uncle worked for AT&T for a long time and he was a member mm. of the union and um, that was important to me because I saw how it helped with things like like insurance, like fighting for being able to have insurance for a household with, you know, my father, my mom, and three kids. Sure. And things like my sister's braces. My, my brother was hospitalized. I was hospitalized. Like, all sorts of things have happened just from growing up, right? Just shit happens growing up. Mm-hmm. And... So I grew up never wanting to cross a, a picket line, knowingly. Right. So if I've done something stupid in my past that I just, I was dumb and didn't do my research and wasn't aware, my apologies. But I really, really try. So like mm-hmm. Marriott Albuquerque, I'm never, I mean. You're even, dead to me. You're dead to me. Until you have a good union contract, you're dead to me. I like it. So for me, unions are incredibly important. Um, and I know, I know 
like we've seen all the mafia movies where there's like involvement of mafia within the unions mm-hmm. and garbage collector or you know right, right. trash engineers I'm, I'm not sure what the the proper term proper term is for the work that they do I get it I know that there are some shady ass business going on but at the bottom line is the unions have helped for things like women's women's mm-hmm. or um you know female-bodied people to be able to work and take time off if they're pregnant sure. or or just get a job or just get equal pay like those fights mm-hmm. especially for cisgendered or otherwise women and they really are also at the forefront of being able to protect workers who are lgbtq mm-hmm. so yes they've had some shady past and i'm not i won't like ignore that yeah fuck seriously but you know they also have done some good absolutely and, and i've benefited from the i have benefited personally from the fights that our local nea has won um as far as teachers getting uh, on their evaluations not getting docked for taking the sick time that they're given because that was a thing for a little bit mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and things like that and so i completely from a, pra- a place of privilege do i say oh i'm not going to join the union i totally get that that's from a place of privilege absolutely and i've been i have benefited from the work that they have done i know brown privilege <laughs> well there was a supreme court i know this is going to be prepare yourself i'm just going to nerd at you cat's going down a rabbit hole when she starts <laughs> saying supreme court everyone should go get a drink go pee whatever you got to do um, there was a Supreme Court uh, decision that said that if you didn't want to have to pay for union du- dues, you didn't have to. So, mm-hmm. in other words, before, everybody who was involved in, let's just say, the teachers' union in XYZ City, um, you paid union dues whether you were a member or not. And then the Supreme Court said, no, you don't actually have to. And um, that means that. Yes, you can back away from it, but you could also benefit as an employee of right. that. Um, so it's still an ongoing thing. And in the southern part of, so where we're at with the Pocha podcast, the, the two of us Pochas living on the borderlands of New Mexico, Texas, and um, Mexico, and down in the southern part of New Mexico, it's not as unionized. There's not as many workers who are union here. <laughs> in the southern part as there are in the big urban center of Albuquerque Mm -hmm. so yeah in the southern part of the state they're just it's not as their power hold is not as much so as Mm. in the northern part of our state or as in other states in general Mm -hmm. so you don't see it as much unless you are a teacher unless you work in government or at the university level sure or you are a police officer you know those are the only big unions around here interesting so you have some fun facts for us on the unions. <gasps> yes, Kat. Let's talk about, not on unions, just Labor Day I'm in sorry, general. I'm sorry, on Labor Day. Let's talk about fun facts about Labor Day because you know what? This is the Pocha Podcast and we have fun. We do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you heard the uh, don't wear white after Labor Day thing? Yes, but I never understood why. I still don't understand why. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the reason and I still don't get it. Uh, so there's this theory, well, there's a theory that cooler weather meant ditching like the lighter layers, the, you know, cooler fabrics and that Going just, naked. Yes, mostly. 
that just makes sense, right? You dress warmer as the weather gets cooler. So you might be losing the white cotton, linen, whatever clothing. Uh, But then there's this whole theory that it was basically classism. Like the upper ranks, the upper class folks uh, who could afford seasonal wardrobes um, followed and followed fashion trends and magazines and all that kind of stuff. We're like, how can we further separate ourselves from the peasants and the way that they, <laughs> the way they chose to do that, um, was to have these, this whole other wardrobe that would come about and then to mock the people oh, that were continuing to wear the lighter layers, the white, whatever. Um, and it's sort of that that has fallen away in some circles, but I certainly remember as a kid, my mom being like, you can't wear white after labor. like that was definitely a thing that was said in our house when I was younger. Um, but now, you know, people are definitely breaking that trend saying like winter white and there's, there's all the things. So that has uh, gone away a little bit as a trend, but. I believe the second theory as opposed to the first, like that's totally sounds like something fucked up that would happen. Exactly. Um, here's a shocker. Canada, uh, celebrated Labor Day 10 years before the United States. Shut up. Well, they do a lot of things before we do. They do. Imagine that. Blame Canada. I know. Canada being ahead of us on something. Mm. Shocking. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. You brought this up earlier a little bit. Um, you know, grilling, hot dogs, summer, 4th of July. You think of all that. So... There are apparently hot dog researchers. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if you're Oscar Mayer, you want to know your product. You want to know how it sells, where it sells, all that stuff, right? I'm, I'm, I'm all in my head thinking like data on the wieners and go. Wiener data. <laughs> I am a wiener statistician. Do you, <laughs> what's your superpower? <laughs> yes. You work on the wieners. I'll work on the buns. <laughs> We're great together. <laughs> We're a team. Uh so hot dog sales spike during the summer with you know, barbecues, right, grilling, sure. all the things. And right after Labor Day is when the sales begin to decline. So it's officially the end of hot dog season. No. It's a thing. Yeah. So pour one out for the wieners. Oh, so that means that I can get all sorts of sales afterwards on I kosher hot dogs. I don't know if after. you want like a sale salchicha. That just <laughs> sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> wieners for sale. <laughs> No, there are some things you shouldn't try to get on discount. (laughs) Well, uh, I will say this, that in our area, grilling is just about 365 days a year. True True story. We have the good weather. Right. Um, You will like this. The first Waffle House opened on Labor Day. What? Yeah. Happy anniversary, Waffle House. Wow. Happy anniversary, Waffle House. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm -mm. This is a bad, uh, this is a bad one. Um, Yeah. So... Labor Day is historically the second deadliest holiday for car crashes. Okay, it kind of makes sense because we're all we're, we collectively travel much more on this three-day holiday, getting our cars go out. So statistically, I could see that. that and sucks. people are drinking. Right. They're grilling. They're drinking. They're driving home. All this to say, drink responsibly. I know it's COVID, but Ubers are running. It's better than dying. Wear your mask. Take your sanitizer. Don't drink your sanitizer. Just take it to wipe your hands off. Yes. Have a designated driver if necessary. Get a designated driver. Or spend the night. So what are you doing this fabulous Labor Day? Uh, I think we're going to go camping. Just get out, go to the woods, and uh, be one with nature and hot dogs. 
I have no idea what we're doing. We are kidless for the weekend, mm. so we might actually do nothing. Oh, a lot of nothing. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> binge Next week, something. Binge and watch. pizza. I like it. Okay, <laughs> this is my favorite Labor Day fun fact. Okay. Are you ready? I'm almost. Virginia. Okay. Have you ever been there? No. Me either. Apparently, Virginia law prohibits the county and city schools to start school before Labor Day. What? Which, okay. But, okay. Do you know why? No. So that families have one last chance to go to amusement parks like Bush Gardens <laughs> and this amusement park called King's Dominion. No. I swear. The law started in 1986, and this is all the work of lobbyists. Like, if you don't know what lobbyists are or what they do, we need to have a long talk on another day. Uh, but, like, these legislators are getting free amusement park tickets for their familia to go party. And so they're like, all right, fine. You don't want us to start school till after Labor Day? Cool. What? No, you're kidding I'm me. I'm not kidding you. And 1986. Wow, they really, really wanted people to go. They want people to get on the fucking roller coaster. Well, see how that worked out for you, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't. That's not working in COVID. 100%. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. No. But you know what? Virginia is still ahead of us in like educational statistics. So I'm going to say maybe we should give people the day to go to Western Playland. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wet and wild Western Playland. Cliffs in Albuquerque. Yeah. Go somewhere. Get on a ride. I will say this about Virginia. Looking statistically at our, because we can see the downloads right that happen no we're not tracking you we're stalking you Mm. and vice versa don't track us or stalk us it's statistics that's what i said yeah okay so virginia in the last like 30 days has surpassed texas in downloads virginia let's go to the amusement park absolutely who are your lobbyists get us free tickets (laughs) and get us a job we're good lobbyists (laughs) We, if we start now, maybe we can get there by Labor Day and then actually use those tickets. I like that. Well, thank you, Virginia. Welcome. Well, thank you for those fun facts. Damn, now I feel a little bit smarter. Right? My cap isn't going to be able to fit on with as much knowledge as is going in there. That's true. Wow. Well, again, if you are a first-time listener to the Pocha podcast, this has been our bonus content. We do our episodios on the 15th. And what do we have on the 30th, Charlene? The Weedy Weedy bonus content, which is just Kat and I shooting the shit. Perfection. So this is bonus bonus content because mm. it's a bonus bonus weekend. And apparently in Virginia, it's bonus bonus. So that school doesn't start until after this weekend. That's right. And we appreciate our new listeners. We appreciate Podbean for um, promoting us for the week and giving us a spotlight. And we appreciate all our homies in New Mexico who've been listening, who've been giving us some love. And if you, the listener, wants to give us love back, Charlene, where can they go? They can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. And they can find our podcast wherever you like to get your podcasty goodness. And since it's a long weekend, you can binge from start to now. You can. All of the great things. We also want to say thanks to our OG listeners. We have some great listeners who just wait for the 15th for episodes to come out. And we just have mad love for you all. So thank you. Like my mom. (laughs) Okay. I didn't want to make it all personal because she's your mom. But (laughs) thank you, Kat's mom. (laughs) 
<laughs> and thank you. Um, this has been the Pocha Podcast bonus um, bonus content. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we'll see you on the 15th. Drive safely. <laughs>